Next on BYU Sports Nation, road trip. BYU hoops Malibu bound, followed by a San Francisco treat. Which player is the key to winning away from Provo? What was last season like for Tanner Mangum? And what's next? He'll join us. Eight straight is great for BYU women's hoops. Head coach Jeff Judkins joins us live. What's the secret to his team's success? They're in the bracket for now. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. B to the Y to the U. Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, wherever and however you are connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with air saxophone specialist Jerem Jordan. I've heard of competitions with air guitars, like in Finland or something. Is there an air saxophone competition somewhere? There has to be. In our society, with social media, there has to be an air saxophone competition somewhere, and we need to get you in it. Yeah, we talked about uh, there's a pizza team, uh-huh. like pizza tossing Acrobatic or something. Acrobatic pizza team. Acrobatic? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is wonderful. This is, all, this is all great. What song would you play if you were to enter a hypothetical air Besides saxophone? Yo, yeah, well, is it Careless Whisper, naturally? Like a classic. Right? Okay, I know. I'm just we saying. Is accidentally like, play that on the show Is that sometimes. the automatic default that you would go to? I think so. Maybe something by Kenny G or I don't know. <laughs> Careless Whisper. I, I don't know. <laughs> the Cougar Fight song? I don't know. Yes. Uh, Careless Whisper. No I more. played trumpet in middle school. No, no more. I'd rather do the uh, air trumpet. Poignant yeah. moment for Careless Whisper than when we counted all the way down to the opening of the college football season. Yeah, I just referenced the accidental <laughs> play there. No rights. Oh, air saxophone competitions. Uh, we're looking for them. So if you know, let us know. Let Jerem know. We've had a great week. BYU basketball head coach Dave yeah. Rose, BYU football head coach oh, Kalani Sasaki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, guest yeah. list has been great. Yeah. And how about today's show, Lana? BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum joins us in roughly 15 minutes. We'll ask him about his pro football ambitions and the transition from starter to backup. How did he handle that? Head coach Jeff Judkins should be in a good mood when he joins us in 40 minutes. His team has won eight straight. How do they keep the streak alive against 13th-ranked Gonzaga? And... We've talked about this before, but if Jeff Judkins says, thanks, buddy, after he does an interview with Jason Shepard in-game, thanks, buddy. you know he's in a really good mood. Judy's always in a good mood. Unless, Unless he's losing at halftime. Plays yeah. Poorly. But if he says, thanks, buddy, thanks, bud, then he's in a good place. Yeah. We're in a good place with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Jashir Hardnett will travel with BYU on this weekend's road trip but is not expected to play tomorrow in Malibu at Pepperdine. Head coach Dave Rose updated Jashir's status last night on BYU basketball with Dave Rose. Once you get in the protocol with the medical staff, there's, there's just things you have to do. And, and uh, so it's, it's very, very painful, this index finger and on his left hand, which is, is an important hand you know, for a guy that's left-handed. So uh, we'll know more tomorrow, and, and hopefully we'll be able to get kind of a timetable of when we can expect them to be back in practice and get rolling. Rose added Hardnet will see a specialist today. Tomorrow's game, 
You can listen to it live tomorrow on BYU Radio at 11 Eastern. Pre-game starts at 10 p.m. Eastern, 8 Mountain Time. Charlie Campbell of Walter Football Report. Sione Takitaki has met with the Redskins, Vikings, Dolphins, Broncos, and Cowboys for interviews at the East-West Shrine game, which is Saturday. 49ers linebacker Fred Warner. An honorable mention on ESPN's NFL All-Rookie Team, Warner led the 49ers with 124 tackles in his rookie campaign. And BYU Women's Hoops is a 10 seed in ESPN's Bracketology. How about that? Charlie Cream lists the Cougars in the last four in. Cougars play number 13 Gonzaga tomorrow in the Marriott Center, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. As you mentioned, Jeff Judkins will join us later in the program. Right now, the Zags are projected as a number four seed in that same bracketology. Big game tomorrow. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. One-fourth of the West Coast Conference season is in the books. BYU men's basketball finds itself alone in second place. Three wins, one loss. That said, the most difficult four-game stretch of the Cougars' conference season begins tomorrow at Pepperdine, followed by a trip to San Francisco, then home games in the Marriott Center with St. Mary's and Gonzaga. We should know a lot more about this BYU team and how we think they will finish in WCC play in just a few weeks. Jerem, at this point, is a top three finish in the WCC regular season a realistic goal for BYU men's basketball? Oh, it's a good goal, but if BYU is going to finish in the top three, they have to completely change how they played on the road. Granted, they're not playing uh, the same kind of non-conference schedule on the road that they're playing in conference, with the exceptions of Gonzaga and San Francisco. But BYU is 3-1 currently. They're number two in the league at the moment. If BYU can take two of the next four, which we've chronicled, it will be difficult. At Pepperdine, at San Francisco, home St. Mary's, home Gonzaga. Then you're sitting at five and three. Okay, To finish top three, the Cougars will need to play much, much better on the road. And right now it's a weird deal. I don't think we're making a big enough deal about the fact that Josh Shearhardnett's not in. He's the third-leading scorer. If his name was Nick Emery, we'd be making a huge deal about this. But it's Josh Shearhardnett, so it's not as big a deal, maybe, the perception. So BYU's going on the road where they're 1-6 in in true road games without their third-leading scorer. They will need to play some of their best basketball to come away with a split, let alone a sweep. Especially if BYU splits the next four, then they'll be top three and in great shape. At 5-3, and three, the way that the conference has already beat each other up through four games, I can't imagine that BYU, with five wins and three losses, would not in the moment be in the top three at the halfway point of conference play. And then... What about at, yeah, at the end, though? Being, I think they'd be in great shape. How many losses will the Gales and Dons have at the end of the season? This is a question. They might have six. Five. They might have five or six. I think the second place team has five. I'm guessing. Okay. So if you go Gonzaga five and three, might lose one. Yeah. If you're five and three, you're, you're looking at number three. I don't know that this team is looking at number two right now. Like, perhaps they will. They make some changes. They play better on the road. But right now, finishing in third place would be the peak for me, given how they played. Both you and I projected BYU to go ten and six in West Coast Conference play. And I think the uh, BYU finish in fourth place at the moment. BYU's got to prove they can play on the road in true road games. They're 1-6 and six right now. But 1-1 one and one in league. So far, they got the road split. Hopefully, they can get another split. But you can't go about splitting if you're going to finish in the top three or even four. The most winnable games on paper for BYU in the next four are at Pepperdine and home to St. Mary's. And home to St. Mary's, Yeah. Most winnable does, still doesn't mean it's like super winnable. That's going to be a good game where BYU's played really well at home. 
Hopefully they continue. Yeah, the dynamic of BYU struggling in Malibu consistently since joining the West Coast Conference. One, one win the last five, and it was in OT last year. Okay, so they won last year. But then you contrast that with they've never lost at San Francisco. But this is San Francisco's is best team best. in like 25 years. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. This week is a big one for BYU yeah, Hoops. At Pepperdine, at San Francisco. BYU is 2-7 and seven away from the Marriott Center this season. Spencer, for BYU to be successful this weekend, blank has to have two great games. Well, it's hard not to start with Yoli Childs. BYU needs to establish that he will score and that he will be the primary target to score early on in these games against Pepperdine and San Francisco. And the double teams will come early, but the key for me is when Yoli gets doubled in the post, his, his passing outside back out is going to be critical. He struggled a bit. He's turned the ball over. He turns it over a lot. When yeah. that double team comes. So if he can figure out how to get that ball back out on the perimeter and they can swing it around, when he's done this, BYU has understandably created some easy offensive opportunities. So whether it's Yoli Child scoring the ball or effectively passing out of that double team, and I think absolutely it will come, particularly against Kyle Smith in San Francisco. They're a good, hard-nosed defensive team. Even though they score a ton of points, they're pretty long. they like play they good defense. Yeah. That double team will come in a hurry. How can Yoli Childs pass out of that? So it'll start with TJ in his hands, but Yoli needs to be the central focus. If he's not scoring and they're double-teaming him, got to get the ball out without turning the ball over a ton. I think he is the central part of this. Yeah, I, uh, Yoli Childs averages 2.8 turnovers per game. And he, he is getting better at that, but you're right. That's the key. I'd stare right at Yoli Childs and T.J. Haas. I'm not looking away from the big two. I'm looking right at them. They average 39 points a game. I think they need to get to the mid to high 40s. The question, though, is T.J. Haas, because without Josh Shear Hardnett, it's kind of a different role for him, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. TJ Haas is attempting 4.5 fewer shots a game in Josh Shear Hardnett's absence. Josh Shear missed two games. Fewer shots. Defenses are defending TJ Haas a little differently. To BYU's credit and to TJ Haas' credit, he's still been effective. It's been via the assist, yes. as you pointed out. Yeah. 15 assists, two turnovers the last two games. Great numbers. Which was awesome. So that means other, need to, other people need to show up if TJ isn't going to shoot as much. Because right now, TJ is BYU's best perimeter player and best perimeter shooter. So I would repeat what I said a couple weeks ago regarding a third score. It's a combination of Connor Harding and Nick Emery. I would love to see a rebirth of Nick Emery's scoring right now. Defensively, I think he's playing good ball. Offensively, this is where BYU needs him. Josh Hardnett's not there. TJ Haas is being defended differently, scoring fewer points, right? So who is going to raise their game or the step-up person? I think it's a combination of Connor Harding and uh, Nick Emery. Nick Emery's averaging fewer points than Zach Selyus right now. Okay. I think that Nick Emery needs a bigger part of the offense. couple of notes. How many minutes per game is Nick Emery playing since his return? 19. Well, yeah. I, for him to reestablish himself, he's got to feel comfortable, and the coaches have to feel comfortable with playing him starter-type minutes, but, 28 to 30 well, minutes. Not necessarily. Connor and Zach are averaging two and three more minutes than Nick. So there's not a – I mean – I'm just saying the I, numbers think, are I think for him different. to acclimate yeah. appropriately – Why he, isn't he playing more minutes then? That's the question. I, only the coaches can answer that question. Is he not as effective an offensive player? Is he still getting his legs? Dave Rose was on, and I asked him if it was fair to expect Nick to kind of return to form this season, and he said Nick is helping us uh, in every way he can to win games. I, I guess that's the next question is, okay, so uh, is it okay if he shoots more, or does it not fit into the offense quite yet? It's weird to have a 1,000-point scorer 
and kind of see him just in the shadows a little bit. I, I'm wondering at what point he breaks out, if at all. Yeah. Uh, the second point I was going to make, BYU can beat Pepperdine with a big two, and they can probably beat St. Mary's at home with a big two. But if they want to win at San Francisco and have a shot against Gonzaga, they probably need a big three. And Pepperdine's a different club. Lorenzo Romar is a proven good coach. Way this better is, offensively. This is not the typical Pepperdine. This is a better Pepperdine. It's that time again, Jerem. NFL draft speculation running rampant. College football officially over. And BYU Cougars are getting noticed. Notably, Sione Takitaki at the East-West Shrine game. With Sione in mind, Corbin Kafusi in mind, and some outsiders like Austin Hoyt in mind, what's the over-under? You tell me. Over-under, one and a half BYU football players drafted in this year's NFL draft. I'm no expert in the NFL draft, uh, but I play one on television. Uh, I would go over. I think Corbin Kafusi will be drafted. Just freak of nature, 6'9", blocking kicks, sacks, that guy. He will be drafted. I believe that Austin Hoyt will also be drafted. He was invited to the Senior Bowl. That's a huge indication that he is on the radar. And if he's not drafted, he'll be picked up as a free agent for sure. So I go over. And then the question mark is Sione Takitaki. He's the, it's max three potential guys. Sione could be drafted. We'll see. Um, doing a nice job at the East-West Shrine, which is, to me is the second best postseason bowl for graduating you know, players. Um, so, yeah, he's walking the talkie-talkie, as our graphic says. I, I go over. <laughs> I go over. How do you feel about it? I like your ambition. Yeah. Uh, but I be- think two's not ambitious. But because of what has transpired recently... I, I thought there were a couple of seasons where BYU would have two guys drafted for sure, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So until I see otherwise, the trend is typically one guy. So you're going under? I'm going to go under right okay. now. Corbin being the one? Corbin being the leader in the clubhouse for sure. Yeah. And, and uh, I, mid, midway through the season, I was like, oh, probably on Corbin. Once the season ended, I thought, no, he's, he's for sure. Just his physical makeup. Um, a six foot nine guy with that kind of athleticism and uh, you know good numbers. Uh, hopefully Corbin gets healthy. I don't know how healthy Corbin's going to be, if at all, to participate in pro day things because he uh, kept it going for a couple weeks, right? In one of the most inspiring performances of the season at Utah. Jeremy, it's been a decade since BYU had two players drafted in the same draft. That's bad. Uh, it would be great to have multiple. And it'd be great to have another lineman. Like Jeff Grimes comes in, boom, lineman, right? And, and that's to the credit of the previous guy, Mike Empey and Ryan Pugh and Jeff Grimes. If Austin Hoyt can get he'll, – he'll be in the league as at least a practice player. But if he's drafted, now we're talking. Yeah, I, it's been a decade. 2009 with Fui Vakapuna and Dennis Pitta, the last time BYU had two players taken in Fui the same who? NFL draft. You know. Oh, you know, yeah, he the was, fourth round Super Bowl champion for the Baltimore Ravens. He was Ravens. the second tight end. He wasn't even the first tight end picked for the Ravens that year. So he was their second love. You're right, Ed Dixon left later. Ed Dixon was on my Seahawks this year. Still playing, <laughs> unlike Dennis. <laughs> Our question of the day. Transitioning from football back to basketball. For BYU hoops to be successful on this road trip to Malibu and San Francisco, fill in the blank. Has to have two great games. Time to hear from UBYUSN. Go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Twiggy or Stone on Twitter, I would say Nick Emery. Yoli Childs and TJ Haas have shown they are consistent performers. 
BYU needs a third person who can be consistent. Embry has shown in the past that he can be that person. I would love for BYU's third leading score not to be a guy that's sitting at 11 points a game. I want a guy that's in the 13 to 15 range. That would be nice. And right now it's Josh Shear at 11. And then this big drop-off to 7.4 with Connor Harding. And clearly Josh Shear is not playing at Pepperdine, so who is And I wouldn't expect Josh Shear to be the third leading score. I, just, I think that's more of a Nick Emery role, and if it's not, it's Connor Harding. Remember when Nick Emery scored 37 points at San Francisco? This, this guy is a firework that BYU has yet to light. Light him. Let's go. Yeah. What, what does it take to light him, though, is the real he's question. He's gone through a lot. I understand that. I would love to see a rebirth of Nick Emery soon because he's a good player. He's a good player. Coming up, fresh off a Tropical Bowl performance, what feedback is Tanner Mangum getting from scouts? Ah, uh, yes. Don't call him Tyler Magnum. Tanner Mangum will join us next to answer that question and what he really learned about himself during his senior year at BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. We've seen this before. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, the men's basketball team plays at Pepperdine, where BYU won in overtime last year, snapping a four-game losing streak in Firestone Fieldhouse. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUS and On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can watch the show whenever you want simply by going to BYUSN.com. And when you have time, answer our question of the day. For BYU men's basketball to be successful on this road trip, blank has to have two great games. You fill in the blank. At DCorey43 tweets in, Nick Emery has to increase his offensive production. The defense is there, but he has to score. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is now a former BYU quarterback, Tanner Mangum. Tanner, welcome back to the show. We understand you just spent some time in Daytona Beach. How was the beach in January? Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It's good good to be back on the show. Uh, Florida was was great. You know, I'm a big uh, snow skiing fan. Um, it's not that I don't like the winter, but it was good to get some sun, get some you know, get some uh, some good vitamin D out there in Florida. It was, it was a good experience and I had a good time overall. You played in the Spiral Tropical Bowl, and you went 11 of 12 uh, for 68 yards. So you kept up the BYU quarterbacks throw for high completion percentage. I, I think that was a great thing. <laughs> yeah, no, overall it's pretty good. You know, it wasn't, um, you know, never going to complain with 11 for 12. And, in, in, uh, you know, especially in, in a bowl game where you only have two days to, to learn an offense and kind of get on the same page as everyone. But overall, like, all, all three quarterbacks on the team, we all threw the ball well. We all we all had a high completion percentage, and, and luckily we were able to win the game. And it, it, but overall, it was just a fun time. It's always fun being able to meet different people from different schools across the country, connect with you know with different people from different backgrounds, and, and uh, it, it was a good time. And then also, it, it never hurts being in front of a bunch of NFL scouts too. You know, it, it's obviously not like one of the top premier games when it comes to senior All Star games, but. You know, it's still a great opportunity to play and showcase what you got in front of the NFL scouts. Tanner, what kind of feedback are you receiving from scouts and your agent, for that matter, after the Spiral Tropical Bowl? Well, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to get drafted for sure. You know, that's, that's, that's a given. But, you know, I, th- I think I can for sure get an opportunity, uh, you know, just get an invite to the mini camps 
Um, and, and, and then from there, just, you just got to make the most of your shot wherever it comes and, and whatever, with whatever team it comes from, you just make the most of the opportunity. And so that's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm preparing for. I'm just going to work hard these next few months just to get in the best shape, as po- best shape possible, um, you know, with footwork, mechanics, throwing, so that I can have a good showing at Pro Day. And then uh, hopefully receive some opportunities to get some invites to some different camps. And then just, just go do your best and show what you can do and, and make the most of the opportunities that come your way. What kind of feedback or discussion uh, was there with NFL scouts or others? Uh, I mean, you know, the NFL scouts, they, they, you know, they, they know a lot. They, they've already done their homework. They've, they've studied your, your career. They've watched a lot of film on you. Um, and, and so it, it, it's more just like, uh, you know, they want to get to know you. They want to get to know you on a personal level. Um, you know, what was your personality like? What are those intangible traits that you can bring, that you bring to the table? Um, you know, it's, it, they asked me some, some interesting questions too. Like one, one, one scout asked me if I knew what ISIS stood for. Uh, they're just trying to trying to just test your IQ a little bit, and unfortunately, I I didn't know what it stood for in the moment. So uh, I had to go look it up later, and I texted him later. I texted the scout later just to just to show him that I that I that I figured it out. What what but, is uh, it? It's the uh, Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Tanner Mangum educating the people on BYU Sports Station. I know. I know when you. This is one of the. You know, sometimes they ask you some interesting questions, some things out of left field, just to keep you on your toes. And but um, you know, but overall, it's a great experience, and just just to be able to showcase who you know who I am as a person, you know, on and off the field. What's your timeline of training like over the next few months as you prepare for BYU football pro day? So I will be training out in Thousand Oaks, California, um, at the Sports Academy, and, and I'll be training with Quincy Avery, the quarterback coach. He's actually Deshaun Watson's quarterback coach. Um, I, I've, I've known him through my time with the Elite Eleven. Uh, I'll be out there with Dwayne Haskins, quarterback from Ohio State, um, which will be a great opportunity to learn from him. And and so I'll be out there for the next couple months, just until until pro day. And which I believe is March 29th in Provo, and so I'll just be, you know, working hard trying to, you know, get get as ready as possible for that in uh, the end of March. Will you be growing the? I'm not at BYU. I can grow a beard now. Uh, I guess we'll have to see. You know, I, I I've been doing a little. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been experimenting a little bit now that I'm done. You know, just, just it feels good to just take a little bit of a break from uh, from the razor shaving. You know, just. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if it sticks. We'll see, we'll see if, it's, if it's something that I want to keep. Tanner Mangum, I'll go ahead. I was saying, still to be determined. Yes, sir. Okay, Tanner. You, you Mangum. don't have to determine it. You just let it go. You know, it's great. BYU quarterback <laughs> with us on as he prepares for BYU football pro day. How did your senior season at BYU shape you as an athlete and a person? Because you went through a lot. Your whole career, you went through a lot. But the senior season was definitely another roller coaster year. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, you know, it, it, it definitely wasn't, wasn't the easiest thing to go through. Um, but, uh, you know, it, how it shaped me as a person was it, it taught me um, just important, valuable lessons of, of handling adversity. And it, uh, it gave me an opportunity to, you know, to, to be a good teammate, to be a good leader, despite going through some, you know, personal challenges. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to let, my personal adversity affect how I was as a teammate, how I was as a friend, uh, how, how I was as a leader or captain of the team. And so it, uh, 
you know, it, it, as, as, as hard as it is, you know, as, as a competitor wanting to play, wanting to compete, wanting to be out there on the field, it, uh, it, just, it made me realize that I have to compete in other ways, that I have to, um, you know, still be that, uh, that, that, that example of, of preparation, of, of work ethic, of enthusiasm, of energy, you know, because it, it it, it, it'd be shallow uh, or superficial if I only did that while I was starting or while I was playing well. You know, it's got to be something that's a part of you regardless. And there's got to be something that, that comes from within day in and day out, regardless of what situation you're in. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of those lessons, of, of, you know, of adversity, of trials. You know, they, they teach you a lot about yourself. They, they um, you know, just they help you understand, what, you know, the, the important things in life and focus on the important things. And, and, um, and so as, as hard as it was, it's, you know, you, you just got to make the most of, of, of whatever comes your way and uh, use it to better you as a person. Tanner, after your junior season, you came out and said, "Hey, I've I've uh, you know been battling depression and anxiety, and you've you've been a, a poster child for that with collegiate athletes. You've gone on Rogi, a Yogi Roth's podcast, and others to talk about it. Uh, what have the last two years been like as you've uh, discussed that more publicly? Well, it's it's been huge. You know, I think it was um, you know April of 2017. You know, so you know coming up coming up on two years since I publicly talked first first publicly talked about it and uh it's, it's been just one of the most rewarding things being able to to have these conversations to have this kind of impact in the community to be able to connect with people and to make a difference in people's lives um just 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 to, to be able to be a part of that has been really special something that i'm really thankful for um just because it it um you know it's, the, the, those are things that uh that that last you know last a lifetime you know it, so i think Football itself, you know, playing the game itself is, uh, is is finite, but the impact that you have and, and the platform that you that you can that you have because of it is, is something that lasts much longer. And so I'm grateful that I've been able to use that platform for something good, to raise my voice for a uh, you know for a good cause to help to help others and and um, you know something that I definitely want to continue. You know, I want to help keep uh, you know kind of eliminating that 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 stigma surrounding mental health and just just to let people know that it's it's not a sign of weakness to go and get help and that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's okay. So I'm really, really thankful for the, the opportunities that, that have come my way because of it. Tanner Mangum with us on BYU Sports Nation. You recently sent out a post of you and Zach Wilson uh, kind of referencing the crazy season that it was, but that BYU football is left in good hands. How would you describe your relationship with the up-and-coming quarterback for BYU, Zach Wilson? It's been it's been good. You know, he, he and I were roommates uh, on on our on our, our game weekends every week in the hotels, um, and so you know we we had that we had that time together. And then every day, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the quarterback room, in the locker room, in the weight room, you know, we were at the same same lifting station in, in the weight room, um, and then every day out in the field, so, you know, we spent a lot of time together, and that's something that. Uh, you know, it was, was cool with us is that, you know, regardless of what the situation was, if I was starting, if he was starting, it didn't affect our friendship at all. We just kept that same camaraderie, that same, that same kind of relationship. We you know we just, we just had fun together, you know, joke around together, talk, you know, talk about a lot of things together. And, um, and, and so when, 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 you know, when he was starting, I just did my best to, to, to uh, you know, to, to help him out, you know, to, to talk about film, to talk about things that we saw in the field, to, you know, to communicate to each other on the sidelines, what we're seeing, um, you know, in, in no way did it really 
uh, it didn't, didn't negatively affect our friendship. And so, obviously, he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of uh, ability on the field, but he's also got a lot of um, you know, great off-the-field qualities as well. And and so, I'm excited to see what you know where, where he goes. Uh, you know, you know what, what he does. He's got a lot of potential. Um, I remember uh, back in like back in August in fall camp, I saw I saw his dad, and I was just saying, hey, you know. <laughs> He's got a he's got a really bright future ahead of him, and uh, and and then uh, he, he, you know, he's he's shown glimpses of that. But I think the sky's the limit for him, and, and really excited to see what he what he does for the Cougars in the next few years. Let's end with this: uh, You're from Eagle, Idaho, in the uh, Treasure Valley. There, what was it like to finish your career in Boise? It felt good. It was great just to be home. Um, you know, kind of comes full circle. That's where I, you know, obviously where I started playing football as a kid, and then to, to play my last game there, the collegiate athlete was was pretty fun, pretty cool. Um, it, I, I love Boise. I'm, I'm proud to be from there, and so just being back home felt good. It's always a good feeling being there, and then having having family close by uh, is is nice too. And, and it was it was just a great team win overall. I think you know we, we prepared hard, and and we uh, you know just being able to finish. Our season on that note is always good. Being able to take that momentum into the offseason uh, was, was big for the program. Tanner, you're a class act, my friend. Always great to talk to you, and we sincerely, collectively wish you the best of luck moving forward as you pursue, uh, pursue a professional football career. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Tanner Mangum on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Listen, you don't have to be a, a stud college player to be a practice squad guy or even the third string or whatever. Jay Keeps didn't start his whole college career, yet he had a, a couple. He was with the Jets for a while. He was with the Seahawks for a whole season. So if you can be a good practice player and prep a team that way, you can make some money. There are some other leagues as well. The CFL now joined by... The AAF. The AAF, AAF featuring the Salt Lake Stallions. Yeah, there's a local team with some BYU guys on it, which is cool. So, And, yeah, XFL next year, which is crazy. And there are other options out there for a guy like Tanner Mangum. I miss NFL Europe. I really do. Coming up, BYU Women's Hoops has won eight straight, but their toughest test comes tomorrow against 13th-ranked Gonzaga. Jeff Judkins joins us. Is the BYU-Utah rivalry game the best game on the opening weekend of college football? Tell you what, it's the best game on August 29th. One website has it on its list for the whole weekend. This is BYU Sports Nation. Tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, get better acquainted with Cougars past and present as Gregor Bell hosts a weekly hour of in-depth conversation. Tonight's guest, golfer Peter Quest and former hoopster Eric Nielsen at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. And if you're watching on BYU TV, that is a picture of Gregor Bell. From four years ago. Fun fact, I guarded Eric Nielsen in 2003 when my Division I basketball team of BYU Intramurals played for the high-level championship. He's really tall. How'd he do? <laughs> he, he's Eric Nielsen. He played for BYU. He's a good player. He had me by 10 inches. Something not like ten, that. He's not six. Was, how tall is he? I can't he, remember. I think he's like six eight. To find out how tall he is, listen tonight. To yes. Behind the mic. Yes. I don't think Greg's going to ask him now. Let's keep maybe. it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with today's headlines. Jashir Hardnett will travel with BYU on this weekend's road trip, but not expected to play tomorrow at Pepperdine. Head coach Dave Rose updated Jashir's status last night on his weekly show, BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. Once you get in the protocol with the medical staff, 
there's there's just things you have to do and and uh, so it's it's very very painful this index finger and on his left hand which is, is an important hand you know for a guy that's left-handed so uh, we'll know more tomorrow and, and hopefully we'll be able to get kind of a timetable of when we can expect them to be back in practice and get rolling rose also added that hardnet will see a specialist today the game against Pepperdine can be heard tomorrow night live on BYU Radio with pregame coverage starting at 10 Eastern, game tips at 11 Eastern. Uh, Eric Nielsen was 6'9". There you go. So he had me by 9 inches. Sorry. You're 6 foot? 6 feet, baby. I feel like you're 6'1". Oh, okay. Charlie Campbell, Walter Football reports that Sione Takitaki has met with the Redskins, Vikings, Dolphins, Broncos, and Cowboys for interviews at the East-West Shrine game, which is Saturday. 49ers linebacker Fred Warner an honorable mention on ESPN's NFL All-Rookie Team. Warner led the 49ers with 124 tackles in his rookie season. And BYU Women's Hoops is a 10th seed in ESPN's Bracketology. Charlie Cream lists the Cougars in the last four in. Cougars play number 13 Gonzaga tomorrow in the Marriott Center, a battle of two undefeated West Coast Conference teams, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Huge day tomorrow for BYU men's and women's basketball. Cannot Very wait. Important. Hero Sports cannot wait for the start of the college football this season. This is run by Carmelo Anthony. They've already released a list of seven games for college football fans to be excited about on the opening weekend of 2019 season. BYU-Utah, not surprisingly, makes the list. Of course. The other games, Hawaii-Arizona, Clemson-Georgia Tech, Michigan State-Tulsa, Auburn, Oregon, Boise State, Florida State. Okay, there are a couple of good games. And Florida, Miami, you bet. Hey, BYU, Utah, Auburn, Oregon, Boise State, Florida State, Florida, Miami. Love it all, but Hawaii, Arizona on the list as well. Well, that's week zero. It's week four. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it is what it is. I wouldn't throw Hawaii into that mix. So the question there is, where does BYU, Utah fit on that list? I would put it fourth. From a national perspective, uh, I would say that, Auburn, Oregon is a really compelling game. Sure. Boise State, Florida State. I know Florida State's been down, but still. The Tomahawk Chop, awesome. The, I love it. Florida, Miami, awesome. Okay, BYU, top, top four. Yeah, I would put it number four from a national perspective. Among uh, Probably five, actually, with Clemson, Georgia Tech. So, uh, the thing is, Clemson's going to destroy Georgia Tech. I know, but Georgia Tech's got a new head coach. they got to have some cachet. They're, they're, yeah, national, yeah. Anyways, it's a good game on week one for sure. I don't think it's the best game. No, I don't think it's in no. the top three. It's good to be on the list. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm excited that it's the first week. It's like good to be invited to that party. I wish there were more good games, actually. Like, it, there's only, like, four that I'm like, oh, I would sit and watch that for an extended period of time. I would hope there'd be six or seven on week one. You have all these non-con opportunities. I can't wrap my head around Where is everybody this else? in detail because we're still, like, Eight plus months away. Houston at Oklahoma. That's interesting. I like that one. Houston at Oklahoma is not better than Hawaii, Arizona, or Michigan State, Tulsa. They are. They just didn't make our list, I guess. Whoever made this list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Duke, Alabama is uh, that, that's like if we could play the basketball team against the football team, that would be more interesting. Okay. I don't know. Zion Williamson is going to line it up. He'll be way gone. Against Tua Tagovailoa. He'll be on the. Uh, on the uh, on the Kings by then. You know, it's too bad we don't have a countdown to uh, BYU and Utah. Countdown to the Utes. 225. Oh, wait, we do. 225 days away from BYU and Utah. Northwestern at Stanford, an academic battle? That's, That's, yeah. 
I think college football fans would still choose BYU-Utah over Northwestern Stanford. Oh, I do too. Robert Morris at Buffalo? I mean, this is great. Love it. This is what happens when we discuss the opening weekend of college football 225 days away. Missouri at Wyoming. Again, it's just good to be on the list. Two places that we, our our ancestors trekked through to get here. Meanwhile, we're in the midst of basketball season. And for BYU Hoops to be successful on this road trip to Pepperdine and to San Francisco, fill in the blank has to have two great games at BYU underscore Spindle in on Instagram. TJ Haas and Yoli Childs, obviously. But BYU needs both Zach Selyus and Luke Worthington to play up as well on both ends. Would love to see Emory have a great game, too. Can BYU add points a per game. Third, can BYU yeah. add a, a legitimate and consistent three-point shooter to TJ Haas and Yoli Childs? If that happened, if Zach Selyus could rediscover... The way he shot the ball as a freshman, along with Yoli and TJ's output, now we're talking. Let's somebody. Ju- let's just assume that Zach's freshman year was the anomaly, and now we'll understand Zach Salius more. We're expecting freshman Zach, and that's not the case. The thing with Nick is we saw two seasons. If you do two seasons of something, you're that player. That's not uh, like Can one, one of them go 40% plus from the three-point line? At this point, probably not. Midway through the season, poof, no. I don't think so. You are what you are at this point in the season. I know, and that would change things for sure. Coming up, Jeff Judkins is in studio next. Is his trio of Gonzalez, Johnson, and Chase one of the best trios he's ever coached? Yeah, speaking of the big three, man, BYU women's basketball, they get 13th-ranked Gonzaga in Provo tomorrow in a battle for first place in the WCC. What's Juddy's key for success in that game? He's going to tell us everything next. This is BYU Sports Nation. VMI at Marshall Week 1? I mean, look at this. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU women's basketball hosts 13th ranked Gonzaga tomorrow in a matchup of the top two teams in the West Coast Conference, both undefeated. Conference Player of the Week Paisley Johnson leads the Cougars on BYU TV tomorrow night, 9 Eastern time. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. When you have some time, answer our question of the day. It's a fill-in-the-blank for which player needs to step up for BYU to find success on their road trip, speaking of the men's team, at Pepperdine and at San Francisco this week. Joining us now to discuss eight straight wins and the current state of the BYU women's basketball team is their head coach, Jeff Judkins, NBA veteran, one of our favorite guys. It's jamming with Juddy. Can you still dunk, by the way? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Maybe with the ladder? Yes. <laughs> no, it's... it's uh... You, you lose your bounce. You don't lose your shot. You know, I still feel I could go out and shoot foul shots and compete, but no, you, you lose your leg and the strength of your back and all that. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, we had a, my high school coach got the gym named after him last night. We went to that and saw a lot of players and I'm not as bad a shape as I thought when I see some of these players. So, <laughs> so I mean, I think I can hold my own against a lot of them, but it was a great, it was a great night for Coach. It's clean can, living, Coach. You can clean cro- living. cross over that former teammate in a wheelchair. Is that what I you're think saying? I, I think come I on, come on man. I think I could do it now. Come on, man. Okay, your team was sitting at 6-3, and three and we thought, okay, this is a good club. You've won eight straight since then. Um, we were talking during the break, you know, uh, uh, lost to Southern Utah. How did this team turn a corner and go on this run right now? Well, I think we just uh, have stuck together. They're a very close team. Um, we didn't play well in some games, but we got better. We learned from those mistakes. And um, I think my guard line has really been solid throughout the whole year. And now my bigs, it's been more of a, I don't want to say it, a, 
uh, a team effort with my bigs. Some nights better for for each one of them, but they've been the form have been very very active, and have, it have been a, I think been a real plus for us. And kind of what you mentioned, what player from BYU men's team is going to step up tonight? It's the same with my bigs, which which bigs are going to come and be active and do what they need to do. When they do that, we're very good. And so, um, you know, it's just been a lot of combinations of a lot of things probably. Your team is listed as a 10 seed in ESPN's Women's Hoops Bracketology. And we've had Juddy face before when you had your uh, yeah. team announced into the tournament. So I, I'm gathering that, you know, a projection midseason isn't really going to bring a huge smile to your face. But what do you think of that 10 seed right now? given that you did lose to Southern Utah once upon a time, but now you're rolling and playing really high-level basketball. Well, we, we have to continue to win, and our main goal is to win a conference championship, and then when that's over, uh, to win you know the, the tournament championship. We know if we win that, we're in for sure. Hopefully we can continue to, to do what we're doing and win, and then our RPI is high enough that we have a chance, if we don't win the tournament, to, to be able to get in. You know, as a coaching staff, you, you, of course, look at the future. You look at where what you need to do and what games you need to do. and But you also need to look and, and try to say, hey, we need to take care of conference. And for us as a team and as a coaching staff, I think right now that's our focus is, is, to, is to win the conference. And this game thir- Thursday night tomorrow is a big part of it. I mean, if we can come out and play and win this game, that puts us, you know, ahead of them. We still have to go back to Gonzaga, but at least it puts us on the right track. Paisley Johnson is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. She's scored 20-plus in three of the last four games. What changed for her? Well, she's. I think people, for whatever reason, put weaker defenders on her, and she can drive and shoot it. And um, You know, she's been a really complete offensive player this year. She can get to the basket. She runs the court. She shoots the three. She has a great pull-up. Um, she's playing with a lot of confidence, um, and I think the way that our team is the offense, the way it is right now, we set a lot of pick on balls, and we do a little bit more stuff than we've done in the past. With that, it's it's made her blossom to be really a, a confident player, and I think her and Brenna and Shaylee, they really know how to play with each other on the perimeter, and now with our bigs. Our bigs are more active in the post and studying screens, and they've kind of got it clicking pretty good. I, I think our our perimeter players, you, you've got to, you've got to watch them because they can score in so many different ways. Certainly Gonzaga is focused on your guard play because of what they have done recently. When you watch film of Gonzaga, who is projected as a four seed right now in the NCAA tournament, what's the thing they do that is of biggest concern? They to have you? their 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 inside presence is probably the best in our league right now at scoring. Rice is a very very good player offensively. She, she can shoot the three. She can shoot at the elbow. She can post up. She can drive it. So she's kind of a nightmare for a coach. And then they have a bunch of other bigs that come in that are very active. The, the Worth Twins, they're, they're, they play very similar, but they're a little bit different. And Gonzaga has a system, and the system is they run their stuff, they execute, they don't make defensive mistakes, they rebound, they push the ball. And Stockton is a very heady senior point guard who is probably the the leader of that team, and she, she gets them 
as their dad did at the Jazz. I mean, she gets her team to perform and play well every night. How'd she get a ninth year, though? I don't know That's how she odd. got that. That's really odd. I don't know how she got it I either. I thought Haley Steed playing seven years was odd. Yeah. The fact that Laura Stockton's been there for yeah. nine seasons. She's been there a long time, hasn't she? Yes, it's, uh, this will be it. This will be the last Stockton, I think, going through there, at least wow. for a while. Yeah, and there's been a, a she had assisted to play to Montana. Yeah, Montana right? State. And, uh-huh. and then and then John like volunteered, assisted there for a little bit or something. He did. Yeah, he that's, did. That's pretty. He cool. did. He helped him. That's hey, you've got cool. a special point guard of your own, Shaley Gonzalez, a true freshman uh, out of Arizona. Why do you think she acclimated so quickly to this level of basketball right from high school? Well, I think there was two big factors that helped her. Number one is um, she got here early in summer and she started playing with her team. And the way she played in high school kind of just fit into what we're doing. And second is we lost Cassie uh, last year, and she was our point guard. And so here Shaley comes in and kind of is the same type of player, can score, can pass, can get to, get to the rim. So all those things have made it. But don't kid yourself, this, this young lady's got a lot of talent. She's had that for, as she told you last week, you know, I recruited her. I offered her in her sophomore year. I offered her, and uh, I, we saw that talent. And, you know, to be a great player, you have to have a lot of characteristics. And one, I, I can say three of them she has very well. She has a great feel. She's tough, and she's a gym rat. So those three things can make things happen good for you, and we hope we can just keep it up and hope she just keeps getting better. Yeah, it's a compliment to you to offer when she's basically 14 years old to and, see that talent. And to hit on that, because you could miss. You could just yeah, think, right? Like, a, uh, you don't hit on every one. That's right. Sometimes it backfires. And you're like, ooh, can you, I take that you know, back? You go, you offered, and the kid, for whatever reason, mentally might not be able to be there. Maybe something happens physically with them. And, yeah, it's 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 becoming more and more of a risk. We have to offer these kids a lot earlier now than what we used to. And so you're right. You can get some great players, but you can also get some that don't turn out to be what you think. Coach, it's great to talk to you. Let's give you some karma for a huge, huge game against huge Gonzaga game tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. another Nine game Eastern, on Saturday. Yeah, hopefully, ho- yeah yep. hopefully we get a nice crowd and, and be able to get this game. But we appreciate the karma. We need it. All right, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. You're playing really well, to too. We're yeah, if you had lost eight in a row, I don't know if we'd give it, but you won eight in a row. <laughs> so you're playing well. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Coming up, Luke Worthington's a senior. But why is he going to be on the bench next season? What? And Jimmer back in action off his record-breaking all-star performance in the CBA. How did he fare today? Whip is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Boccio Gaywall. Shout-out to today's guests, BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum and his Wait, pro prospect. I thought it was Tyler Mangum. We Stop talked to Tanner? It. And the BYU women's basketball coach Jeff Judkins, NBA veteran, always charming in right. Studio B. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast, go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pinna. There was just no time. Amazingly, we've had 55 minutes, no time for you. Uh, Let's whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Dave Rose said Jashir Hardnett will see another hand specialist and will not be playing in tomorrow night's matchup at Pepperdine, although he will travel with an injured left hand. Perhaps Saturday, we'll see. We also learned on BYU Basketball Dave Rose that senior... Luke Worthington will help the team as a graduate assistant next year, pursuing that coaching circle following the conclusion of this season. Football. Charlie Campbell of Walter Football reports that Sione Takitaki has met with the Redskins, Vikings, Dolphins, Broncos, and Cowboys for interviews at the East-West Shrine game, which is Saturday. 
Cougars in the NFL. 49ers linebacker Fred Warner named an honorable mention for ESPN's NFL All-Rookie Team by Jeff Legwold. Women's basketball is a 10 seed in ESPN's latest bracketology. Charlie Cream lists the Cougars in the last four in. The Cougars play number 13 Gonzaga tomorrow in the Marriott Center, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Those two are the only undefeated teams in the league. Jimmer! Fredette had a quiet 44 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists in his Sharks' 120-118 overtime loss to the Beijing Ducks. That's a rivalry. Cougars in the PGA. What's the uh, it's been a while. What's the Jimmer ratio again? Can't remember the, the CBA to NBA ratio. Think about it. Like 1.8 points for every. So that was uh, like point. 27 points. Yeah. Zach Blair seven under and tied for 14th going into the final round of the Bahamas Great Exuma Classic on the Web.com Tour. Back to you. Thank you, Jerem. Today's rise and shout goes to Jeff Judkins and BYU women's basketball. If you're going to show up for a game, if you're going to show up for a game in your local, do it yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, go tomorrow. That's BYU could use time. the home court love against Gonzaga. When BYU goes to Gonzaga, there's 6,000 fans. It's packed, and it's BYU incredible. is yet to win there. Okay, BYU beats Gonzaga pretty consistently here, though. Like it's it's been it's been kind sure. of back and forth. BYU women's basketball beats Gonzaga here in the Marriott Center, like BYU men's basketball beats Gonzaga in Spokane, pretty consistently. Yeah, <laughs> I, re- I remember that. That was fun. So that was fun. a fun three-game win streak. It was great. Our question of the day. For BYU men's basketball to be successful on this road trip at Pepperdine, at San Francisco, who has to have two great games? Hey, Tyson Peter on Twitter. For me, it's TJ Haas. When he's really on fire, we do extremely well. I feel he sets the tone for the game. It is, it is important for him to shoot well. If he doesn't shoot well, there's not a lot of other consistent perimeter shooters at the moment. Our elite voice of the day. Someone besides TJ and Yoli. From, it comes from at Kimball 1017, by the way. If we can find a third score, not just these two games, but the rest of the season, BYU will be a much better team. It's true, but you kind of are what you are. So let's see if BYU can get that guy. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN, people. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Michael Brains. Oh, nice pull, dude. Yeah, been a while. T-Bill. Go Coops. T-Bill Warriors.